This was my first time deer hunting. This was the biggest buck I had ever been this close to in my lifetime. And he was standing there staring at me while I shook my little heart out because I was so nervous and filled with adrenaline. And I can honestly say that if my dad hadn't been there and guided me through these steps to ensure that I placed a shot on that deer, I wouldn't have harvested that deer that year. So having a mentor that can guide you while you're in shock is so important. Hey guys, welcome to the Open Size Podcast. My name is Amanda Rowe. I am the host. I'm a film writer, a film producer. I'm a film school student. I am a podcaster and an avid outdoors woman. So today I'm going to talk to you about being a mentor in the outdoors to new hunters and how important being a mentor is. I also have a couple more tips for new hunters as well as following up on some questions I got from my Instagram DMs. So that is what we're going to dive into today. Let's head into the show. Starting off the show, the very first thing that I want to address today is being a mentor in the outdoors to new hunters and how important being a mentor is. The absolute number one tip that I can give anybody, new hunter or mentor alike, the very, very highest priority tip that I have for you guys is to go slow. I cannot tell you how important it is for you to go extra slow and take your time, watch your footing, be quiet when you step, don't step on branches, pine cones, anything that's going to make loud noise. And if you are the mentor and you are guiding someone into the woods, don't try to show off by showing them how fast you can walk even though you're quiet. You need to set an example for them and show them that walking slow to maintain their durability and to be able to learn how to walk quietly is going to be important. So that is my number one tip. I love to go out into the woods and practice. If you're going to just be hiking, I like to separate myself from if we're with a group of people, separate myself and try to see if I can hear them wonder where I am. And a lot of times it's pretty easy just to wander off if you're wearing camo and try to walk quiet and then you can hear their voices, you know, oh, where did she go? And I don't know. It's a fun game for me to play. So that's super fun, but it's also super important. Practice it. You can practice it anytime you feel like it. If you're walking out of the grocery store, you can try to not make any noise walking across the parking lot. That is just something that is going to be very, very crucial for you and your hunting successes. So that is number number one on my list. Another tip that I want to give you guys as new hunters is if you hear a noise in the woods, you need to stop and listen. If you hear a noise in the woods, it could be an animal, it could be another person, it could be a rock slide, mud slide, something natural occurring, but it's always important to stop, look around slowly, don't freak out, but you need to see where the noise is coming from and determine if it's an animal or if it's a natural occurrence and that's going to give you a really good handle on watching, listening, and observing while you're hunting and being able to spot the animals before they spot you. If you hear a noise that probably means that they spotted you first but if you can get used to seeing what kind of terrain that those animals are in and seeing what kind of environment that you're going to hear a lot of noise from. It's like, oh, you know, this valley, there's aspen trees, and I saw an elk run out of there. 
So next time when you come up to an aspen grove, you want to walk a little bit slower and not expose yourself and you want to peek into the grove before you just tromp on into it. So that's just a, a quick little tip for, uh, for you new hunters out there. But having a mentor with you during your new hunting stages is going to be really important. Even if you read up online about how to hunt, it's always going to be good to have even a buddy with you, someone that's been in the outdoors before, someone that has harvested something before, even if you're not both experts. I mean, you don't have to have a professional with you, but having someone with you that can be your mentor, or if you are the mentor and you can take someone out else out hunting, it's going to be really important for you to be able to have a good personality. You want to, as the mentor, you want to offer to pack stuff for them, one really important thing is going to be if they've never hiked or packed a backpack into the outdoors before, offer to carry like their water, something that's going to be heavy for them because it's going to make a big difference for them to see that you are willing to take on some of the weight that they need to bring in. So it's just a camaraderie thing. Uh, you can offer to pack everything in your pack if you want to so that they don't have to bring a backpack. You want to walk slow, bring snacks. You want to inform them of what kind of gear they need to wear. If you don't want to give them a list of stuff, you can send them links to whatever they need to bring. Uh, just little things like that that make you almost a good friend as a mentor. You want to be someone that's not going to be a total rude person about taking someone into the outdoors. You want to be a good model, a good role model for how much you love the outdoors and how much you want someone else to experience what you experience as well. I can't explain the type of experiences that I've had in the outdoors. It's just surreal. It's a really surreal experience and I can only encourage you all, if you do not hunt, to at least go hiking in the outdoors, but... I have a really important note on that. So this past week or two ago, we were out coyote hunting. It was my first time ever coyote hunting and or predator hunting in general other than for mountain lion. And we actually used a call. We didn't use dogs or anything. So we're sitting there. We're using a call. We hiked into this spot. It's far away from the road and we set up. We have everything going and we look over the hill and out of nowhere, off of any relatively near trails, there is one solitary dude hiking straight up towards us with his hiking sticks, wearing his fluorescent uh, peachy orange jacket. And he blew our entire hunt. He came straight up out of the valley that we were trying to call into. And we were going to decide to turn around go into this other valley and call down into that valley, hoping that, you know, maybe that hadn't been uh, spooked out yet because we came around through it. And the guy comes over the hillside through the valley, looks at us, and keeps continuing down into the next valley that we were going to go call into. So if you are a hiker and you see hunters, you need to respect each other's area. And there's going to be no, no happy way to do this if you're going to be a rude person. You need to have like a a very open-minded perspective going into this. Obviously, the hiker wants to be in the outdoors and they want to enjoy the experience of being outdoors. If you are a hiker or if you see a hiker, it needs to go both ways. If you're the hiker and you see a hunter, you can, I mean, walk up to them. If obviously they have spotted you and you've blown their hunt, you need to go apologize or at least have a conversation with them civilly. If you are the hunter, don't go attack the hiker, obviously, because you don't want to set up a bad reputation for being a hunter, but you have to work it out with each other. I mean, our hunt was blown, and there was no 
resolving that. The hiker continued on and we continued on. We both had to move. I mean, that was the end of the story. So it really made me wonder, like, how do you coexist with hunters and hikers when there's a hunting season going on through almost every single month? So I, I mean, that was a question that I'm still researching. I want to find out how to properly address those situations. But as the mentor, you need to set up a good example. If you run into somebody else, if you run into another hunter while you're out, you need to set up a civil example of how to be a good sport in the situation. Having a mentor with you is also going to help you if you do harvest an animal. They're going to help you track the blood trail. They're going to help you pack out the animal if it's big enough. And following a blood trail is really, 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 really important. I've only had to follow a blood trail once and I absolutely would not have been able to do it without my dad and Merrick helping me out with that. So that is important. Going back to coexisting with other people, if you drive into an area and you see another vehicle parked back there, don't go hunting in that area. That is that person's space. I can't express how important that is. How many times we have gone out hunting, we park in a secluded area, we go out into our spot, and we come back to the vehicle hours later, and there's another vehicle parked next to us. And it's just terrible to know that there are people out there that were walking along in your same area, spooking the animals, potentially, and I just don't think that's sportsmanlike. So if you see another vehicle, don't go into that area. It's going to be really hard with public uh, land because a lot of places there's limited spots. There's only going to be a couple good areas for people to go in your community. So you want to get there first. And if anything, have good sportsmanship when you see them. But it is important to know your land, know your area, know the people that go in there. If it's someone that's in there that goes in there way more than you do, and that is kind of like their unspoken area, and you end up being in there, they're obviously not going to be happy with you. Same goes for vice versa. If this is your area that you've been going to for X amount of years, and this other person comes in there and blows your hunt for you, you have to think about the conversation that you're going to have before you have that conversation and figure out how to handle the situation. So it, it's hard. It's really hard. And uh, Merrick, maybe I'll get him on a podcast one time and tell you guys about his experience with a hunter that was very, very, very... I mean, he wasn't even a proper hunter. He was just a guy that went into the woods and waved his gun around hoping that an animal would come out and he could shoot it because apparently he had had success with that before. So I felt really bad for him. So moral of the story is that you need to prepare for that sort of situation. Going back to walking slow, being slow, keeping an eye out for things around you, I also encourage you to stop every once in a while and catch your breath and let your muscles relax because that is going to enable your durability for the rest of the hike and the hunt. If you want to hear more about fitness and stuff, you can listen to the New Hunters podcast part one. I will not go over that again today. Lots of good info in that last podcast. One more thing that I want to talk about today on this podcast is the questions that I got from my Instagram DMs. I put an Instagram story up last week about how I'm going to be addressing some new hunter questions on this podcast, and one of those questions was about finding recipes for your meat. One of my favorites that I'm seeing right now, I don't have it, but Sarah Bomar 
has a recipe book that looks killer. So I am really excited to maybe get my hands on that really soon. But there are so, so, so many recipes that you can find on the World Wide Web and Pinterest and Instagram and who knows where. There's tons of recipes. One big tip from me personally is that you can substitute ground venison for any ground burger basically. So taco night you can do with deer meat and so many other things. It's awesome. And I love eating wild game because it is organic, has no hormones, it it's free range, and it's way more lean and has lower fat content than raised meat. So, so if you ever get a hater that's like, why do you kill animals when you can just buy meat from the store? Like, you gotta think it through. Why would buying meat from the store that has been farmed, and I have nothing against farming, but they raise animals in mass amounts specifically to slaughter and send to the grocery store versus going out into the woods and harvesting a singular animal for you to consume. I don't see the problem with harvesting your own organic meat versus buying a hormone and antibiotic filled slaughtered meat. I think it's way more ethic to manage populations and harvest your own animal versus going to the grocery store and buying a meat and supporting a slaughter. I mean, I have nothing against farming. I just love wild game and organic meat a lot better than I like grocery store bought food. I'll make a whole nother podcast on haters. So I have, I have a lot of things to say to haters. So I'm just going to make a haters podcast and I'll just send a link whenever someone sends me a nasty comment. I'll just send them a link to my haters podcast and that's how I'll handle that. Good idea. Thanks. Thanks for that inspiration, guys. So uh, that was the number one question that I loved from my DMs was about meat and cooking meat and finding recipes for the meat. Another question that was a follow-up question to that was what my favorite meat so far has been. And although I love, 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 love wild game, like in general, I just love all wild game meat. Uh, my favorites are going to be deer venison roast. It just falls apart. If you cook it right in a crock pot, it just falls apart and it's amazing. So tender. But my absolute favorite thing now is mountain lion tenderloins. Those are the most tender meat I've ever had in my entire life. Entire life. And I can't get over it. So obviously I don't hunt mountain lions strictly to eat the meat. I hunt them because of overpopulation. So it's not like I go out and kill a mountain lion whenever I see one so that I can eat its tenderloins. Like that's just, it's not what happens. I'm just really thankful that I've had the opportunity to harvest a mountain lion and try the tenderloins because that's a once in a lifetime opportunity and I am beyond blessed to have experienced that. So that was my, to answer that question, that was my very, very, very favorite wild game meat that I've ever tried. Another question that I got and I'm going to make an entire podcast about this. I think I have way too much to say about it. My next podcast was going to be about overpopulation and I think this question plays into the overpopulation conversation very well because it's about conservation and how to how do you prove that conservation and hunting can live hand in hand with one another and a lot that people don't know about that is that conservation and hunting are like the same thing 
So I'm going to make an entire podcast about conservation, the ethics of hunting regarding conservation and how they plan to overpopulation. So that's going to be my next podcast. Keep your eyes and ears open for that. But I will not be answering that question on this podcast because it, I have so much to say about it that I'm going to give it its entire own podcast. So that is what... I have for you guys today regarding part number two of new hunters and how to be a mentor, more tips for new hunters, and answering those Instagram DMs. If you have any Instagram questions that you want to ask me, DM me. I, If it's appropriate, I will always answer on my podcast. But I have a question for you guys, actually. Do you prefer podcasts that are in the 10 to 25 minute range, so kind of shorter, under half an hour, or do you prefer like the 25 to 45 minute range or potentially even the 30 to an hour long range? So I'm experimenting with those, and if you have an opinion based on that, I would love to hear it. You can message me on any of my social media platforms and let me know. Other than that, if you liked this podcast and if you like the stuff that I post, subscribe to my channel or leave me a review. Let me know how I did. Let me know if what I am talking about is even relevant in today's conversations and if I'm helping you guys at all. So ultimately, my goal is to provide you guys with content that you can have a civil conversation with to anti-hunters about, or if you are an anti-hunter, I want this to be an open site, open mind conversation for you to listen in and see what a young girl in the hunting industry is talking about and how I see things from my perspective. And in turn, I want to look at things from the anti-hunting perspective and let you guys know what the difference between that kind of stuff is. So that's what's going on here. Ultimately, I am trying to inspire you guys to get into the outdoors, but... If you don't want to, that's fine. I forgive you. Anyhow, I think that's all I got for you today. So, uh, I guess I will talk to you guys later. And I love you all. You guys are amazing. And I hope that you subscribe and leave me a review if you really like it. And I will talk to you next time. Have a great rest of your week.